0: Good morning, and peace be with you. We had quite a weekend so far, and it's not even over. Uh, yesterday, uh, we had the opportunity to baptize a new, a, sister, a new sister into the kingdom of God. Her name is uh, Zong Wang, and she is a friend of Eldred's. Eldred's got lots of friends. She met uh, Song walking a dog in a park. And is it as many as 10 years ago? It's more than 10 years ago. So, you know, that I, what I love about that, I love all of it, but that we are really uh, ministers, each one of you. I wear the collar, but you guys wear Christ out into the community. And you never know when uh, just a simple dog walk can result in somebody coming to Christ and being saved by the holy sacrament of baptism. It was uh, attended by fifteen people, and they were very supportive friends of hers. Uh, without getting too much further, what a lady! I didn't know, but I was told that she was she is. Uh, a medical doctor that taught at at a university in in China and renowned for her work. I don't know specifically what field she was in. Pharmacology. Okay. This is a bright lady. And one of the men that was there who has uh, trans... uh, Help. Trans... What are you... Translating. Sharp as a marble. (sighs) We have a visitor here, and I'm sorry, it's going to get better, I promise. <laughs> so he was translating, and he said to me that the amazing thing about this is for her to come to Christ, because coming from China and how Christianity is viewed there, it's dangerous to be a Christian. Having a medical background is can be an impotence to... Uh, Uh, coming to Christ, and yet here we are in Westminster, California, in a social hall. This woman with all this background has gotten, Christ has gotten a hold of her, and we as a family welcomed her in with the the Holy Sacrament of Baptism. God can do anything he wants, regardless of how we think he should do it, or will do it, and we're going to discuss that today in our sermon. Well, I'll discuss it, and you guys can listen. I would uh, also like to uh, mention, and I'm sure she doesn't want me to do it, but I'm going to do it, but it's Friday with Susan's birthday, so let's get yeah, happy birthday, Susan. Day to you, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Susan. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah. Birthday to you. And I'd like to say I've enjoyed being your pastor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with the fishes, yeah. Well, God bless you and thank you. And uh, I, I I pray that you and Jerry had time to celebrate, and he treated you well. He is a charmer, too, so I know he did. I'll, I'll let you guys look at the bulletin here yourself and um, go over that. Is there anything that anyone would have me mention out loud right now? I, oh, sit and be fit. Amen. <laughs> yeah you got to move when you're sitting, though, Ed. That's what I think the difference is that in, in the, the uh, clicker doesn't work. You know, that doesn't count. But um, sit and be fit. Karen and, and uh, uh, Ashley and, and uh, kind of pushing this. Yeah? And Susan. And so uh, come and get fit while you sit. Maybe you can get old Pastor Ken in there to do it, too. We'll see. You know, i I got all of couch time, so I'm, I, you know, I've been working out, too. All right, well, let us stand and let us sing as unto the Lord. He forgives you all of your sins, and as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I am really having a hard time today. I believe uh, the curier, right? Yeah, okay. Wow, guys. Well, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. this is the feast of victory for our god alleluia The Lord be with you.
1: I am also
0: with you. Let us pray. O well, Lord, grant us the spirit to hear your word and know the one thing needful, that by your word and spirit, we may live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Good morning, everybody. Join me, if you'd like, by turning your few Bibles to Genesis chapter 18, I'll be reading verses 1 through 14, and it's uh, on page 24. What are the odds? Let's look at the reading and see what I'm talking about. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre. While he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from his entrance of his tent to meet them, and he bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed. Then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant, Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three says of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf. He gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared. He set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah? They asked him. They are in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out, my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say? Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Join me as we read in our bulletin, Psalm 27, Which is printed in your bulletin there. Um, I'll start with verse one and you guys got the bold. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Together. When the wicked advance against me, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of the sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my savior. Though my father and mother forsake, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and wait for the Lord. We're going to go to page 1832, if you'd like, in the Pew Bible, where we will read Colossians near the back of the book. Chapter 1, verse 21 through 29, we're going to look at a mystery here. Let's see what it says. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard, that, and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, which is the Church. I become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the Word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may be present, everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. That's where we get our energy, folks. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Excuse me, I need to go to stage right here. The Holy Gospel, according to Saint Luke, from the tenth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel reading is indeed from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, and can be found on page 1613 of your Pew Bible. Luke records, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her To help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is a story that uh, we have heard, read to us, read ourselves, uh, I said story, it's a historical event that has been recorded, and I believe that we all have been taught in a certain way that perhaps you already know what I'm going to say, and how many different ways can you, can you tell this story? And that's what I thought, too. At the beginning of this week, I had put all my eggs in one basket and kind of said, oh, boy, here we go, Lord. You know, imagine that. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> less than thrilled with recounting and, and, and proclaiming on a, uh, an event that Jesus was part of because, well, I don't want to bore you. I was being pulled from different directions. And then God is always faithful, as we read today, and he came to my rescue. And he sent a person that could give me insight that I'd never considered. Perhaps neither have you. In my house, we laugh at this. Somebody will say, where is my, never mind, I found it. Has that ever happened in anyone else's house? Where in the world is my, no, 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 I found it right where I left it. Or have you ever said or had it said to you, why in the world would you do it that way? Only to go, oh. I see or if I was the boss this is how I would do it perhaps to find out that you are the boss and the way you did it was, was wrong have you ever prayed or heard it said okay God Here's how you need to help me. Sometimes it seems more like the Lord's prayer is Our Father, who art in heaven, give me, give me, give me. I know what I need. Now, this historical account shows us some amazing things. It's not just on its face value somebody upset about having to make, do all the work and somebody else just sitting. It's, it shows us that Jesus came and he destroyed the traditions that were typically set for a rabbi. He smashed completely what had been the way we always did it? This is how it's done. Why in the world would you do it that way? How do you mean, Ken? Well, let me tell you. In the visit to Mary and Martha, the thing that I notice, you might notice, is that Mary's sitting at his feet. And and maybe by Western values we go, oh, sitting. Is she s- sitting to be fit? Hold on to that. Maybe she is. A person sitting at a rabbi's feet implies that that person is a disciple. A person sitting at a rabbi's feet implies that that person is drinking in his words. A student, an apprentice. Now, here's where Jesus is destroying what good rabbis do. Mary's a woman. And good rabbis did not spend much time to talk to women. Why? Well, my goodness, it would take you away from the Torah. You don't spend time with women. You stay single-minded, focused. And the other thing is is that uh, good rabbis certainly wouldn't allow Mary or any other woman to sit at his feet, which implies closeness, which is no good. So then we come and we hear... Martha and I and and it's kind of in the kids vernacular at least it was kids 20 years ago. What up, Martha? You know, well, what up? Now, Martha is busy and and anyone who has been busy putting together a meal for guests or maybe even unexpected guests. You know, it's it's there's a, a there's a frenetic pace to it. There's a lot to get done. And the Greek word for this is perispato, perispato. It means to be dragged around, perispato. And we could say it's like being pulled in every direction or running around like a chicken with her head cut off, okay? This person is having a hard time focusing at the Job at hand because she's looking at her little sister not helping. You know anyone like that? We'll get back to it. I am. You're looking at one. In fact, uh, we know from Scripture that uh, it it tells us that it's tough. It's difficult for the Christian to live on earth as a believer because they are peristato, pulled in all directions as they walk in their faith. Peristato. There's lots of things on the right and the left to be distracted about, and Mary is one of them. In fact, when I started my sermon, I was going to go, okay, well, yeah, Mary was doing all the work, but you know what? Somebody has to cook the bread. Somebody has to do this stuff, And I was thinking, boy, you know what? Maybe we're all a little bit Mary, or maybe there's people that are Marys, and there's people that are Marthas, and and then, you know, ah. And then the Lord pointed me in the direction of this. After Mary says to Jesus, think of the audacity of that. Here's a woman telling a rabbi to do something. No good rabbi would allow that. She says, tell my sister to help me. Emphasis added by me. In fact, nobody did it better than you. We heard the word of the Lord when you were talking about the Lord being under the tree taking shade. I loved it. Thank you, Ed. Tell my sister to help. Wow, brassy, as my mom would say it. And, and here's what Jesus says. And the first time I read this and maybe all the other times, I'm like, wow, he, he just slammed her, right? No. He says, Martha, Martha. Two times he says her name, and he wasn't stuttering. Martha, Martha. And, you know, there are other times that this happens in the Bible, where a person's name is mentioned twice. There's at least 10 times, and and here are a couple of them where this happens. And it happens to that individual whose name is said twice at a critical point in their life. Their name is said twice at a critical point in their life. For example, Genesis 22, Abraham and Isaac. Abraham's got that knife back and he is about to plunge it into his son in obedience to God. And we hear, Abraham, Abraham. And the angel tells him to stop. And further he tells him, that it's going to be okay. And he gives them a promise of what is coming. A critical point in Abraham's life. Another time in Genesis, we, we read that Jacob finds out that his beloved son Joseph is still alive. In fact, he's doing pretty good in Egypt. And there's a famine where Jacob is, and he knows that he needs to go to Egypt, but he's reluctant. It's not a good place for him to take his entire family. And God says to him, Jacob, Jacob. And he assures him that he will be with him. And he assures him that it's going to be okay. And in the New Testament, we hear it again. Saul of Tarsus, later to become Paul, is walking on his way to go persecute them Christians. And he's blinded. And what does he hear? Saul. Saul. Why do you persecute me? We can agree that is a critical turning point in his life. And God was faithful as He equipped him to be powerfully used by God. Mary, Mary. She's critical point in her life God's going to use her powerfully last thing on this did you notice she said and I've heard this from my own mother don't you care what a thing to ask God what a thing to ask this rabbi. Don't you care? And again, in love, Jesus' answer, and if you hear it this way, it turns the whole thing away from a rebuke. It's not Mary, Mary, back in the kitchen. It's not Martha, Martha, what are you doing talking sass to me? It's Martha, Martha. This is critical. And he does the same thing to her in answering, Don't you care? We hear this again in Mark chapter 4. You recall the account of the Sea of Galilee, and the boat is looking like it's going to sink, and the disciples are really freaking out. And Jesus is taking a nap. And they wake him up and they say, don't you care, Lord, that we are all going to die? And he says, after he calms the storm, oh, you of little faith. Yes, Jesus rebukes Martha, but he does it in a loving way, a very respectful way in terms of what a good rabbi would say. Jesus says, you are anxious. You are being pulled in many ways. But Mary is receiving my word. Mary is choosing the better thing. Mary is sitting at his feet. Now, He's not implying that if you were choosing the better thing, you'd be sitting at my feet too because, honestly, somebody has to prepare the meal. Every one of us has a vocation, a ministry, if you will, a, a gift that we share, and for that time, Martha, her vocation, her ministry was to prepare And that's not a bad thing. He's not saying that's a fruitless labor. What he's saying is is that you're doing it in such a way you are pulled in many directions. You need to be doing it single-mindedly, focused on it. And she wasn't. She was going through the motions, but inside her, have you ever felt this? As you're doing your vocation, as you're doing a job as unto the Lord, have you ever felt am I the only one here? Is there anyone else can help? And Jesus might say, can, can, this can. And he's going to do something miraculous if you get out of his way. That He's going to talk to you as you go through that vocation. You see, one-minded thinking keeps us focused on Christ and him crucified, one-minded, focused on the job and the vocation that we are put in at that moment, keeps us from that Greek word that we went through earlier. Do you remember it? Perispato, chicken with the head cut off. Focused on him keeps us focused on what we need to be doing now. And it is when the world is peristato, perispato, pulling us apart, that the wheels come off. And we have issues. Now, how does that tie in to the rest of it? Well, in another 30 minutes, you'll know. No, I'm just teasing you. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going long already. But from our Genesis reading, the Lord promises Abraham and Sarah a son. And we hear a laugh. That's not the way I'd do it, Lord. Are you kidding me? Why in the world would you do it that way? Peristato. I'm almost 100 years old. How am I going to have a baby? (laughs) Get a load of this guy, Peristato. And what it shows is that God's word is powerful. God's word comes through. God has a plan, even if it is different than the one that you think you have. And he's working on you, even in those moments of where you are in your vocation. And the best thing for you and I to do is to be focused, single-minded in on it. Teach me your way, O Lord. The psalm petitions all this all. And the last phrase is what we should do. Wait, not in idleness. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. You can't rush it. Continuing firmly in our faith, Paul admonishes us, once we were enemies of God, once you all including me, were enemies of God. But because of what He did on that cross and because what you receive, forgiveness of sins, the Holy Spirit, eternal life in this baptism, that is the moment where He said your name twice. Where you're Life took a critical, critical change from where you were heading. And yet we still say, how can water do such a miraculous thing? I wouldn't do it that way. Well, God does. God does. And today, maybe you had a perispato week. You were pulled all directions. Maybe you were even trying to do the Lord's work, and boy, there were some things that were put in the way of you, and you know, perispato. Well, you get a reboot, and it already started when you walked in, confessed your sins. You were forgiven your sins. You've heard the word. You've been fed the good stuff, and pretty soon you're going to come up to the altar, and he's going to restore you again by saying your name twice. As you receive his body and his blood, and in a single mind, focusing on him through prayer, supplication, it's going to be an exciting ride. In the name of Jesus, amen. won't you please stand? Let's now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate Amen.
3: The Lord be with you. Brothers and sisters, let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Holy and gracious Father, we thank you for this glorious day you have called us together here in Jesus' name. We praise you for your word which is right and true and for your faithfulness in all you do in our hearts and lives. As you were faithful to keep your word to Abraham and Sarah in our reading today, you left them a specific word of hope. A baby would come from Sarah's own body. We pray today for men and women who are waiting with hope and faith in you to help them conceive a child for them to love and to care for. We also ask you to come to our aid in offering love and hospitality to strangers who come among us, as Abraham did. Lord, in your mercy. Christ is our cornerstone, O Lord, and the rock upon which all our hopes rest. Bring to completion all that you have begun in us and grant us all things needful and profitable for our salvation, that we might be the people in whom you delight and through whom you show forth your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we need you. Help us to press on against all enemies and strive for the goal, the upward call in Christ our Savior. Bless our unity and doctrine and faith and help us work as partners in Christ for the advancement of his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Bless your church, O Lord, and bless those who serve us in your name. Raise up godly men and women as servants of your kingdom and lead us to honor the preaching of your word. Lord, in your mercy. Guard us, O Lord, against all those who cause strife, whose acts of violence and terror threaten people everywhere and who seek to destroy order and peace. Bless the servicemen and women and all police, firefighters, and emergency personnel who work on our behalf. Lord, in your mercy. Make our homes places of blessing and love, O Lord, that husbands and wives may honor the promises of their marriage and faithfully care for the children you have given them. Help us to honor your gift of life from its natural beginning to its natural end. Lord, in your mercy, where people suffer in body or spirit, bring healing and peace, O Lord. Sustain the weary with your word, and grant the ill healing according to your will. We lift you Before you, the names of those requesting our prayers, including Pastor Ken and his family, and those named in our hearts are allowed. Be with them, Lord, in their hour of need and comfort them that they may not be overcome by struggle, grief, or pain. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, accept with our gratitude the tithes and offerings we bring, tokens of our faith and symbols of our trust in you to give us all that we need. Lord, in your mercy. Prepare our hearts, O Lord, to receive for our benefit the blessed food of Christ's body and blood in this holy sacrament. Lord, in your mercy. All these things we pray, O Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, with whom you reign, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forevermore. Amen.
0: May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. you please stand pray with me blessed are you O Lord our God maker of all things through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts with them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. also with I did it again, didn't I? You know I didn't. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It it is indeed right and solitary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, the night in which our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His body given and His blood shed for all who believe, all who confess with their lips that Jesus is Lord. For all who confess and believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This meal is offered to the children of God. If you don't feel that that is you today, then you may come up and cross your arms to receive a blessing. Or, if that is you today, you do proclaim him as the risen Lord, then come, the table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. Will you please stand? I hope you had a a little different view and were able to follow me when I interchanged Mary and Martha. You knew what I meant. (laughs) But I pray also that they gave you some insight, that Mary wasn't necessarily the best and Martha wasn't necessarily the worst, that, that he's working in both of them as he is working with you, as he worked with the woman that laughed at the thought of having a child at a hundred years old. Nothing's impossible for him. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is On Our Way Rejoicing.